What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation with me and my dad, where we talk about the post-jazz game. My name is Spencer. Hey, and this is Barry the Dad on another episode of your favorite podcast, After the Game, with the Jazz taking on the Boston Celtics in Boston tonight and losing by 28 points. Final score, Boston 125 and the Utah Jazz 97. And I'm not sure if it was ever that close. Spencer, what are your thoughts about tonight's matchup at the Garden in Boston? <laughs> uh, uh, the game was embarrassing for a lot of reasons. Uh, and just because we were down, they so they shot 100% from the, from the field. In the, or the Celtics shot 100%. They didn't, miss, they didn't miss one shot in the whole first quarter, I think. Yeah, I think it, either that they shot seventy nine percent somewhere along the way in the first quarter or the first half. Or I don't think they missed someplace. a shot in the first quarter, and then then they obviously just didn't miss shots the whole night. And so, like the second the game started, Jalen Brown hit like two threes, and then Tatum hit like three threes, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, the Jazz are gonna get blown out, and they did. They did exactly what we saw was gonna happen. And if you watched the first minute of the game, you kind of knew where this game was gonna go because. That's how evident that it was that the Jazz were not going to play well, that the Celtics were not going to miss, and then the Jazz were just going to be sluggish and not hustle and just lose. Yeah, I wanted to be positive, Paul, and say that the Jazz could do it. But what you say is true. You knew it was going to be a bad night early. And they they beat us early, often, and late. Why do, they, why do these games happen? Is it because our – our player uh, number one is the third it's the third game on the road trip right so you have to take that into consideration they're doing the east coast tour right now but are our players getting paid enough where they don't want to come out and play hard for these games yeah let, well let's visit that conversation as we go along here about our salaries the complacency possibly the comfortability of a team uh, they're veterans they want to win but they know they're not on the Nets or the Sixers or the Warriors where they can win. So there's a little bit, am I just mailing this in? A lot of thoughts there. We can go on forever and ever. I just wanted to make mention uh, that you said, why do these games happen? The New Orleans game was supposed to be an anomaly, an outsider, an outlier. Games like what happened in New Orleans happen during the season uh, and to good teams. We just haven't had a lot of them happen. What's concerning to me is that it happened again tonight. Happened once, shame on me, you know, happened twice, shame on me doubly in this instance. The Celtics shoot 60%, 53% from three, 86 from the free throw line. They have 37 assists and the Jazz have 13. That is the ball game. We do not share the ball the way we have the past, I'm going to say, two seasons. When we're clicking, and whether it's Bowler Jack or whoever says this or David Locke or Quinn, when we put people in a blender, we are good. We haven't put people in a blender hardly all year. And what that means is the ball moving around the, around the horn. Well, you, you could say that's because – Pascal started tonight and I think it's great that Quinn put Pascal in but that's that means that's because Bogey's not on the court because Bogey's hurt which I mean I have no idea 
what the situation is with that. I know that he has a left calf problem, but no one on the Jazz is coming out and saying why he missed games, played a game, then started missing more games. It doesn't seem like they're pretty clear about what is actually going on. But it makes it hard because you could see in the first three minutes that we didn't have our normal starters and we would start to do a little bit of the passing. And then you would see Mitchell look over and see Pascal in the corner and be like, oh, it's not bogey. Or you'd see Conley look over and see Pascal making run and be like, oh, it's not bogey. So it's, it's clear that without bogey on the court, maybe the confidence level is down or we just know that there's not a scorer out there. Cause I guess if you look, if you, I mean, what is bogey's role on the team? He's supposed to be the second leading scorer. Right. Um, and Mitchell can't just score all the points, even though he put up about 30 plus quiet points, you, you're not going to have passes that lead to opportunities when, when Bogdanovich isn't playing. Yeah. I, listen, as a podcast about the jazz and big fans of the jazz tonight's game, and there have been others, but tonight's game truly poses some big, big questions and we can, we can spend all night on them. Why, you know, Mitchell goes out and has 37 points. Looks like a stellar stat line, 37.6 rebounds. He only had one assist, which is a little embarrassing on a stat line like that. Shoots 13 to 24 from the field, only three from 12 from the three-point line. But you think he has a good night. But really, if, if you're a leader on a team, who cares if you score 37 points and you get beat by 28? So if I'm Mitchell, I don't know what he's saying in the, in the post-game interview, but He's got to be able to shoulder the blame just like everybody else on the team. But then you start saying, okay, Royce O'Neal, 6-4-2. What is Royce's role? We could go on and on and on through this lineup. Conley, he, he hits big shots and glad he's on our team, but his size shows game in and game out, unfortunately, because I'm a fan of Conley. Um, Pascal came in and was four for 12. Clarkson was four for 12, 10 points, no points from Forrest, five points from Whiteside. It is time for the Utah Jazz, in my mind, to look in the mirror and say, what are we doing with Rudy Gay? Spencer, what do you think? Well, my answer to that is wasting minutes for people like Nah, or Alexander Walker that we went and got, um, Hernan Gomez that we got, and even Pascal. And I think the answer to that question is we're wasting our time with him. He He's a bust. Quite frankly, we got rid of him. We got rid of Niang when it got somebody that we thought was going to be good. And I get the trust, and I get where we're the plan, I, and I see what we wanted from him. It's just not happening. He isn't hustling. He isn't putting up the points he's supposed to be putting up that he has put up in his career and he isn't, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a big guy, but what, like, what does he, what does that do? He doesn't do anything. You know, what do you think? 16 minutes, no points, three rebounds, 0 for six from the field. Yeah. So that, that, that's Rudy Gay, right? You, you at least have to, in that stat line, in my mind, you have to have eight to 10 points. You, you have to. Well, that's what, that's why we got him is to do that. You, you have to. And that. Hasn't happened this year. He's averaging eight points a game. So uh, eight points and four rebounds. The thought would have been, can you get a 12 and six from him? And Niang last year, I think, averaged more points, but you knew what Niang's role was. I'm still 
a little, here we are, here we are 70 games into the season, 72 games into the season. And I still don't know what gay's role is. I, I still hear pundits like David Locke saying, oh, well, we're working him into the rotation for the playoffs. I still hear Quinn saying, well, we're working him through because we're going to need him for the playoffs. I still hear Buller Jack and everybody else covering up for Rudy Gay. It is now time to notice and see what it is and go in a different direction. Here I sit, maybe in game two of the playoffs, he has a breakout game and scores 20, but I doubt it. I highly doubt it. So that's, that's a big conversation for us to have. The other one is, why do you go and play Alexander Walker? Why do you go and play Jared Butler when Forrest is on the bench? And the minute that he someone gets healthy, you bring him back and he goes 60 minutes tonight with no points, a rebound and two assists on 0 of 3 shooting. And quite frankly, looked, it, it was high schoolish at times. That's a harsh yeah, statement on a pro who could dunk it over me 50 times in a row and yell in my face. But he looked out of, out of the league tonight. Thoughts on Forrest? Forrest isn't turning out to be as good as he should be. And so, I mean, you just said it best. He looks like a high school kid driven the ball, letting, letting someone just run dunk on him. The problem is, is we let, and he's a big proponent for this, is he, like, these players that we go against turn into all-stars when they play the Jazz because we just let them. We just let them run and dunk. And, I mean, Gobert's the only one playing defense, and that makes a huge difference when he's in. But, I mean – we, I mean, we weren't going to like, we weren't going to stop the Celtics. Nobody on the team was going to be like, all right, let's try to stop these guys. It was just let them do whatever they want. And if we can, let's try to get some threes in. So talking about stopping players and I was at the Brooklyn Nets game in New York uh, night before last. And I've listened to all that David Locke, the radio voice of the Utah jazz has said, I've read articles. <laughs> Royce O'Neal goes out and guards Kevin Durant. First time I think he guarded. Yeah, given first, but first time he guarded him. So the 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 statement was Royce was out of his element, had it guarded Kevin Durant, didn't know maybe next time around he'd play him better. We all know Kevin Durant is all world and should be in the conversation of one of the greatest of all time. It, it, it's, it's a little strong to make, but no. he's right up there with those guys because of his scoring prowess. Royce O'Neal comes back, plays Tatum tonight and Jalen Brown and gets waxed. So again, another question. I don't know who you go get, and I and, and that's why I need to shut up here. But Royce O'Neal's stat line tonight: Can you win in the NBA when a guy's on the floor with 31 minutes, six points, four rebounds, and two assists? It's, a, it's an admirable stat line. But are we a championship contender with Royce O'Neal, who quite frankly got waxed by Kevin Durant? And tonight got the same treatment from Tatum and Jalen Brown. But like, it goes back to what we said at the beginning with from the first minute, you could tell it was going to be an unstoppable game for Tatum and for Brown. And that's not to say that Brown, that um, Royce couldn't step up and be like, Oh, I'm not going to let this happen. I think he probably could have, and he probably should have, but no one else really plays defense. And it just allows the game to be so open for these athletic, quick, just, Big, big guys just go in there and dunk and just make shots and everything. So, I mean, I think if if I was Quinn, I mean, it comes down to Quinn. Quinn's not really a stat, like, because Quinn is coaching and just saying, oh, let's try to make more shots. 
instead of, I, if I was Quinn, I'd be like, listen, Royce, let's guard Brown and hold them, hold them to this amount, or let's hold them back. Let's not let Brown get more shots instead of being like, Oh, let's just start shooting and make threes. He should have just sat down each individual player and said, okay, this is what we're doing with you for the game. You're not going to let Brown score as much, or you're going to make sure that you get open in this area or this, this, instead of just saying, let's just try to make as many threes as we can and hope we win, which is what he, which what worked last year, but it's not working this year. So stop being yeah. like, hoping very, very astute on that. We've talked about this during the season that our, our defense is, can we just go down and shoot more? Yeah. <laughs> so it's so tonight, I, if I have the stats right, at least I saw them on TV on the broadcast. I could be wrong. Tonight's game was the number one offense in the league by point production, the Utah Jazz, versus the number one defense by points held to an, by, to an opponent of the Celtics. So we score 116 points a game. They hold appointed opponents to 105. So those were the stat lines. Wow. Yeah, it shows you wow. what's better. That for the cell that that the our offense didn't show up and their defense did, and it was a lights out job. So well, you're right. I, you know, easy to say. You and I <laughs> know nothing other than we're fans. But your comment there was astute about, hey Royce, you have one job. I don't care if you ever touch the ball. I don't care if you ever rebound. I don't care if you ever have to run on a fast break. Your job is to get up in the jersey of these two guys and make it very uncomfortable for them. And when he doesn't do that, it's hard for us. So what's his role? So th that that's a that's that's a great comment there. Let's let's look at what you said a little bit earlier, if you don't mind. I'm going to go and look at uh, salaries. Uh, you made a comment. We've talked a little bit about this. You made a comment that our our players are locked in with pay. Now, I'm going to say his name for the third time tonight. I listened to a lot of David Locke, voice of the Utah Jazz. David said this about two months ago. The Jazz's salary, everybody is pretty pay, is, is paid. And what I mean by that is, Rudy, this, we can go further in this, but I'm just going to go this year, next year. Donovan, this year, next year. Mike, this year, next year. Boyan, this year, next year. Jordan Clarkson, this year, next year. Royce, this year, next year. Hernan uh, Gomez, there's a little bit of an out clause, this year, next year. Rudy Gay, this year and next year. Mikhail Alexander-Walker, this year and next year. No one is playing for a contract. The first player you run into that is not guaranteed next year is Hassan Whiteside, and quite frankly, that guy doesn't even care. He, he, he doesn't care. He'll go get another million or $2 million, and it doesn't matter to him. So the Jazz have players that are old, veterans and are paid what are your thoughts on that it, it definitely affects your mentality especially during the middle of the season and i get we're at the end of the season but it makes you a little bit more sluggish and it makes you more i mean if you there's not much to work for really right now if that makes sense yeah we we it would be great to win games but we did that last year um I, they don't need to prove anything because they're going to make sure because they're good for the next year or two. Like you just went through and said, uh, I think it just, it, there's no, there's, there's a mixture of pride going on where, where no one on the jazz has pride to play right now, except for maybe go bear. I think, I think, yeah, there is self pride and they want to see themselves look good, but they don't really care about, about coming together as a team and winning. And maybe that did you say go bear does or doesn't does. I think go is the only one that I, kind I, of, I, I agree. I agree. 
I think Gobert is the only one that sees the big picture of, hey, we're part of this big team that can go somewhere. Let's win games as a team. And I mean, that just comes with his role on the team as well. He's not meant to score 30 points a game. So he his mentality is, I got to do little things instead, you know, and Mitchell has to score 30 points a game. And so it's all about him and him having the ball and him taking the shot. And so it's all about him making money, you know, and he's already made that money. So why does he have to keep playing hard? Right. This salary thing is very interesting to me. These are older veterans who want to win. Listen, they want a championship. But at the end of the day, if they don't win, what does it matter? Conley still makes $20 million. Rudy Gay still makes six, seven million dollars. Rudy Gobert cares because, quite frankly, he gets disrespected everywhere he goes, meaning where he moves and how he works. So I think he has a lot to prove. And you see it. He wants he wants it badly night in and night out, I think. But um, it's it's interesting on those salaries in on the other side of that. And it's all about youthfulness. So this is not apples to apples, little apples to oranges. But the Memphis Grizzlies are 29th out of 30th in salary, and they are racing to the top of the West, and they beat the Brooklyn Nets tonight in Memphis to really solidify second place in the West, and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Those are guys who are all on like one-year contracts or the young guys that are in the league playing for a long-term contract, and it truly shows. Exactly, and and they they have something to prove as well. And I... I it also comes back to just kind of how teams view the jazz too. They have other teams have a pride to beat the jazz. You're right. Earlier on in the year, I'm going to take your pride and I'm going to put an exclamation point on it. We were a team that had a mark on our back because we had a great record last year and people remember that and they just want to beat us down. Here's the other point, which we've said before, no one fears us at all. Tonight, you wrote me a note during the game. You said, oh my gosh, or somebody did in our text, Donovan Mitchell has 32. It was a quiet 32, but the point was no one fears Donovan. I said, yeah, go ahead and get 60. Go ahead and get 70. You won't win because they also go, who else is going to beat us? Pascal, Clarkson, Conley, Gobert needs somebody to pass to him to score. And when Bogey's not out there, we'll go back to really what we should say. And I think we said at the start, these losses, this will sound funky because he's not in the game. These losses somewhat are on Bogey's back. Not not because that came out wrong, but him not being on the court is killing us, killing us. And true to jazz form for 50 years, they say nothing about what's wrong with him. They don't say what his time frame is. Unless you found an article that tells you, I, how long is he going to be out? He plays, a, he misses a game. He comes in, he has a tremendous game. I think the night he played in between these injuries, yeah, yeah. he like rocked the house and then he's out for six games and no one says anything. It's a calf injury. Well, what is it? Is it his finger, his calf, his ACL, his MCL? And what's up with Daniel House? Is it his ACL, his MCL? Is it torn? And we pride ourselves on not telling anybody what's going on with our players. For what reason? What reason? No one fears us. No one fears us. Yeah, I don't know. And, and you're right because, I mean, Bogdanovich becomes that point where it's, it's he can 
push us to the win or his bad performance could hold us back to the loss, you know, just because mm-hmm. he's that player that is kind of on the middle of the, of the fence. If he plays really well, then we're probably going to win. But if he doesn't come out and play, then, then even if our, even if Mitchell puts up 30 or 40 points, it's, it's not going to be enough if, if that second player is not coming in to score. Right. And right. Now, now it goes to what's going to be said in the locker room. Cause Mitchell's going to think I just scored 37 points and we just got blown out. What, what does that say about everybody else that's on this team? Yeah. And, and you said it earlier. No one plays. I think we try to play defense. Let me just be clear. I think we try to play defense defense, but we've assembled a team that doesn't play defense. And, and it's okay. I, I love our team, even though we're I'm ranting and raving tonight. Conley really wants to play defense, but at the end of the day, the guy has been in the league a long time. He's been through a lot of minutes and the craftiness of his size is worn off just a touch, just a touch. I still think he's a great player, but he's not going to be a lockdown defender at this point in his career. Clarkson is about scoring. He does his best on defense, but his slight build as much as he muscles, his muscling is done on the offensive side where he clears space and scores. The defense is a little bit of a challenge, right? Still love that he's on our team. Royce is out there fighting, but unless Royce really locks in, it, it's not great. And Mitchell's trying to do both score and defend is hard. It's hard. And leaves Rudy Gobert, who's trying to clean up all the mess and it just doesn't work. And um, we, you, you hear in the, in the back of your mind, everyone saying that trade line wing defender, wing defender, wing defender, wing defender. You know, I don't know if, if anyone, if, if any of them were, were out there, but we certainly didn't go make it happen. Um, and we had to figure out how to get Joe Ingles, moved due to his injury which was masterful and then then we can take another 10 minutes and talk about where was Juancho Hernan Gomez and not tonight until the last four minutes of the game it it it, the the rotation makes zero sense somebody's going to come on and say oh well it was it was man to man and this player played better against that player no (laughs) those guys earned the right to be on the floor in my mind yeah I mean that was well said. I, I agree with all that. It's just, um, I had a thought. I just, I just lost it though. But it's hard. Well, when we're talking, yeah, when we're talking about these players and the defense and Hernan Gomez and you know Jared Butler didn't play at all tonight. It, you know, it wasn't great against Brooklyn, but he came in and hit two threes. I, I, I'm stuttering because I, I, I don't fully understand. I understand Trent Forrest. Here it is. He's a big body with a long wingspan and can defend. But when you can't pass and shoot in the league, you, Rudy Gobert can get away with it. He brings the ball up there. That's, that's the that's the other issues. And all of a sudden, Trent Forrest will start having the ball in his hand. Like, I get it. If, if, you're, if you're a role to play defense, and that should be kind of more Royce's side, and we just say, Royce, I don't care if you don't score, just defend, then great. But then we expect – Trent to play good defense and then he starts bringing the ball up when he can't. Yeah. I, this is a tough one. This is, you know, you, you said it earlier and I will, we, we played a, a great game against the Knicks and came away with a win. We played a spirited game in the fourth quarter against Brooklyn. The wheels came off of the half, back half of the second and all of the third and Durant was, you know, worldly. Uh, 
just he's an amazing player. You roll into Boston, probably the hottest team for the last 90 days. Yeah. So you got to give him credit. Five games. So it, it happens. But one of the comments I made, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this while we're talking. Do you think, and, and I, I want to give you my thoughts here in a minute, but I'd love to get your thoughts first. Do you think the Jazz, no matter who they play, can win a seven-game series? Uh, based off of West teams? Uh, it, I, I think in the bottom five from, from ranks five, so starting with the Mavericks and down, I think we can get a win in seven games or come out of that, come out of that series. I think we can, I think playoffs is a little bit different. It's going to be tough against the, if we got lined up with the Mavericks, which is what it's looking like, but our home court does make a difference. And I think we do. I mean, that is good when you have, that is, it is good having veterans in that sense when you can have them in the playoffs. So I think we are going to look a lot better in the playoffs, but it's going to be questionable. It's going to be scary. I, I know you probably feel different and you think that we will probably end up losing first round. I don't think we have a team that is assembled correctly or is clicking on the needed cylinders to win a same game series. If you've seen the jet, if you follow us throughout the season, I'm not sure we put together a string of games in a seven block time frame too often. Maybe we have a, a time or two, but not as much as we should, where we look cohesive. Now, a lot of that in the back half of this season has been health and safety protocol, concussion, and other injuries. And, and, but yet most teams have dealt with those things. That leads me to believe that no matter who we play, right now we play the Mavericks. Um, watch out, Minnesota is, is coming hard. What if Denver gets their guys healthy? I, I don't think our team's built well enough to win four games out of seven. That's my – I'm not saying, oh, my gosh, we're going – I am saying we're going out in the first round. It, it's not doomsday. I'm just telling you, I don't think the team can win four out of seven. I just in a well, we're just not well or we're not organized enough like on the court off it just doesn't seem like we've assembled ourselves to go for seven games that that's you said it more succinctly than i did that's true because like i mean it, you want to see a concrete team right now like that we know is this this is where we're going and quinn doesn't seem to have it figured out he just doesn't and and that's that's pretty clear when you put in Hernan gomez and Alexander Walker at the very end of the game for the last four minutes. And when you put, when Pascal starts randomly and obviously Bogey's injured, but it just seems like Quinn is still just like, Oh, well, I'm going to like, this is going to like, this works, this works. And then all of a sudden it's not. And I don't, I don't think he fully knows what he's doing with the, with the players he has. And especially cause like, what do you have to say about this? Like how many minutes, I mean, it's hard to tell tonight because Tatum and, and, Brown were on the bench towards the end of the game because they were blowing us out. But I feel like Tatum and Jalen Brown, they they play more than we play Mitchell and Gobert. Now, let me look at that stat line. I, I often think that. I think tonight, actually, Mitchell played a lot, and then we just got run out of the gym. I I I, I like what you're saying. I just think tonight it's going to be a tough comparison because they – Well, I said, they, they, they sat on the bench because they were winning by so much. But that's another thing is, like – we don't seem like an or like an organized all together team. 
And so that's what's scary about the playoffs. But I think come playoff when Mitchell and Gobert are getting more minutes and the veteran of Conley, I just, I don't know. It's just, it just. Okay. I, 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 I like where you're. The, just, just cause playoff basketball is a little bit different energy. And, and I do think Vivian arena does get pretty, pretty rowdy, which is fun. But if we, uh, I, I like what you're saying. I understand what you're saying and I'm buying what you're saying. My statement's going to be this though, to, to back you up. We have to be 100% healthy. Yeah. You, if someone's a little amiss, we miss, if someone misses a game, we're, we'll we lose it. It, it. We are a team that must have everyone, everyone playing. So yeah, we, let's just let's agree on this. There's there's no room for error when it comes to the playoffs. And, and, and that's that's true. That's that's true. And you know, we're we're gonna see what this team is made of. So we go on to Charlotte uh in two nights on Friday night, the 25th. Charlotte's a team that's I think fighting to get into the play-in. Um it's in Charlotte. See what we're made of. We then move on to Dallas a preview of the, of the playoff matchup. We then go into LA and play the Clippers before we finally get home at the end of the month. Um, there, uh, the show and, and I'm not equipped to do it. Isn't made to break down. Where do we finish, but we're as close to seventh as we are to third. And if we don't play well, you could find yourself I mean, the way we're playing right now, it'd be, I'd be hard-pressed to see us slip all the way to the play-in, but you never know. But we're certainly watching an opportunity to have chased down Golden State go by the wayside because they haven't been playing very well and don't have Steph Curry. But Charlotte comes up next, and they are fighting for their existence to improve themselves in that play-in. Um, you have to get, you kind of have to go win that game or you're, you're spiraling a little bit. That's true. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like we don't have the team or the mentality like the Nets or even the Suns or the even the Hawks where if we slip up one game, we can just bring it 100% the next game and, and, and dominate. I think there's very little room for error. We have to be consistently on point each night in order to have a chance. So true. Well, what else? Now that we've absolutely <laughs> thrown shade on our team, yeah, um, it, 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 you know, and this brought out the worst in us or me. I just don't know what else to say because this is not a one-game problem tonight. This is a, a season full of question marks. Well, we said it yeah, before. You know, how great is it to have a team that's forty-five and twenty-eight? Lots of fans would want to be forty-five and twenty-eight. I think for us, though, we were on the precipice last season of doing yeah. some special things, and then the world just absolutely got blown out from us by the Clippers. And, and I don't know if we've mentally recovered from that last year. Yeah, maybe we maybe we think we have, but we really haven't. But, I mean, clearly teams have seen our Achilles heel with spacing and switching and stuff like that. And made sure that we'll never recover from that, from that loss. Yeah. Um, it's, we could spend a whole nother show on 
Quinn, when things go wrong, you start questioning everybody, and that's not healthy. But uh, yeah, the, the lineups tonight, I mean, he did start Pascal, and I guess we've been screaming for him to start Pascal. So you got to give him credit, but ah, just the Trent Forrest thing is just strange to me. I, well, I think it's strange when we go get two players like Alexander Walker and, and Hernan Gomez. And they just don't, they have like a good game together and then all of a sudden they don't play. And it's like, okay, I don't know. It's, there's a lot of confusion and you don't want confusion right now. And I get it. There's injuries or something and things don't go the way you want them to, but we just seem like a confused, disorganized team. Yeah. For all we know, Bogey could be out for the rest of the season because the Jazz don't ever say anything. I mean, is he done for the year? It's weird that he came back and then... (sighs) Now he's out again. It's just like, oh. It, it seems like each, like every single night, it's like, okay, he's going to play again. So he's going to play tonight, and then he doesn't. And what is up with Daniel House? Yeah. I mean, we know the, at least from seeing the injury, it didn't look great, and we feared the worst. We know it's not the worst. But, you know, having been at the Nets game the other night physically and seeing it and watching it tonight, it's like he's not even in the huddles. I mean, these guys are just distant sitting there in street clothes. There's not a lot to cheer about. You can watch the Donovan Mitchell show night in and night out, but it's not a lot of cohesiveness. It's not a lot of, oh, look what we did. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, it could just be us going for a playoff run, just like we already won best team in the league last year. That proved not to be as big as winning the playoffs so it could just be Quinn's strategy is let's just make sure everybody's okay for the playoffs and then let's just go hard for the how many games we have to play in the playoffs yeah I'm I'm okay with that but when you don't make it when your assists are so low and you're not passing the ball and trying to get everybody involved it's just Donovan Mitchell the Jazz like walking in this game like uh win or lose let's just play the game you know because that's kind of what it seemed like the first minute and and I mean, this is their third game on the road. They're probably sick of being up on the northern east coast, and they were just like, "Whatever happens, we'll just we'll just let it happen, and let's just move on to the next game." We got a long couple of games away from home. Yeah, so I go back to the the best comment of the night, which you made, and that is about Royce O'Neal really defending. It would be so nice if someone came out and after Tatum hits the first three. You, you you just punt you you physically make him uncomfortable yeah and and you rough up the game and and you make it a little ugly and you you border on a technical foul or you you just are guarding so hard that that when he shoots at least clobbered yeah you don't have you don't have about. any of that have you seen that at all in the 72 games that we've played because it's just like um like Tatum's head. I'm just gonna dribble up, stop, shoot a three, it's and it goes in. There's no oh shoot, what am I gonna do? Like at least give him something to think about. Like at least give him something to be like, oh, I have the ball. Crap, I'm looking down. There's Royce on me again. How am I gonna get space? Should I get do this? Should I do that? In order to get my shot. There's none of that. There's none of that going in his head because all it is, is just dribble down, stop, shoot three. There's routine practice like basketball that he's able to play. When really a defender should make uh, the guy jumping up the ball have to figure out how to get a shot off. And Royce isn't doing that. They don't have to figure out how to get a shot off because it's just there the whole time. Yeah, it's a great point. 
you look at the Phoenix Suns, the best team in the NBA. They have our guy, Jay Crowder, who does some of that dirty work for them. JaVale McGee does some of that dirty work for them. They have a lot of energy in, in you know, Cam Johnson, right? All right. You go back, you look at the next team in the West and the Memphis Grizzlies. We all remember in the first round of the playoffs last year, a guy by the name of Dylan Brooks, just nasty. We all hated him. And he just gets up in your face and he makes you think and he roughs up the game. You know, you go to the third team and the Warriors. I mean, when he's healthy, Draymond Green is that guy or Gary Payton Jr. is that guy. And these guys make it well, ugly. No personality. There's no, there's no personality on the – I mean, maybe – I mean, you know what I'm saying, though. Like, obviously – Clarkson – personality, yes. Clarkson has some personality, but he's a scorer. We don't have a guy who says, I am going to mess you up. Doesn't have to be physical, meaning hurt somebody, but yeah, I'm going right. to mess you up, and I'm going to get here. in your head. Yeah, you're gonna have to. You have to fight for your points. You're gonna have to, like, you're you're gonna have to think about me each time you have the ball. That's the other the night in Brooklyn, Bruce Brown was in our heads. The guy ended up like 22 or 24 points, but man, he was talking and chirping and pushing and shoving and kicking and scratching. Right. We 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 just kind of okay, all right. Until we find that dog in the fight, I just don't know. I just, we are a good team. We are a fourth place team, but to be really good, you need to have somebody that says we're not losing. Right. Well, there's, there's a, there is a difference in mentality there. The, the jazz are just, well, let's play better than the team to win rather than forcing a team to play bad. You know, if that makes sense. Like a lot of like the nets are good. Like the Suns, the Suns are very good at this. The Warriors are really good at this they play both ends in the sense it's like, oh, we're going to play really good. And on top of that, we're going to play in a way that you don't play well. So, and the Jazz just, their whole thing is, let's just play as good as we can. And then hopefully they don't play as good as they can, you know? And you need somebody that on the team that's going to step up and say, no, not only are we going to play at a high level, but we're going to do everything we can to make sure you guys don't even play at a good level. Yeah. I don't know if that made any sense, but it does. It, it does. We it's easy to sit back, watch. We'll go on a nine game winning streak and all this will be yeah. like Rudy Gay is going to drop like 30 points tomorrow or in two days. And he's going to hit a buzzer beater to win the finals for us. Yeah. But the um, USA plays Mexico tomorrow and <laughs> for soccer if we win that then we qualify for the world cup so so we'll win i believe that we will win i believe that we will win i think we will we've we been mexico the last three times we played them playing some good soccer and we've got some players that are hungry it's similar to what we've been talking about the jazz you've got some players on that team that they just they are not they don't they're not going to lose they're just saying we're not going to lose and that's what it takes they also they also didn't make the World Cup last year, so they have a little bit of something. Right. Their last but time. Shouldn't that be our mentality? Oh, my gosh, we got bounced by the Clippers in the second round. We sh we're going to the third round, and we're going to yeah. fight mean, like dogs. That's, to get that's the – I mean, that's the logic way of thinking about it, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm optimistic right. a little bit. 
All right. Thanks, Spencer. Thanks, Dad. Bye.